Welcome to this week's episode of the HRDQU in Review podcast, where we bring you the latest insights and practical tools for enhancing soft skills training within your organization. This podcast is brought to you by HRDQU.com, and I'm your host, Sarah, the Learning Events Manager at HRDQU. And today I have Mike Skripnak joining me to discuss the really powerful webinar he presented with us last week on profound leadership through emotional awareness. This webinar was extremely impactful. And you could tell from our audience that joined us that it was um, a really meaningful event for them as well. So thanks so much for joining me today, Mike. I'm glad to be here, Sarah. Thanks for having me. I'm happy to discuss uh, the presentation and more. And so before we start to get into the nitty gritty details here, for any folks that are tuning in today that didn't have the chance to watch the recording yet um, or join us during the live event of the webinar, can you tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do and how you got to where you're at today? Sarah, uh, it always is uncomfortable for me to say I, 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 but I am a business strategist. I help entrepreneurs, industry leaders, pro athletes, entertainers find their happiness, calm, and love. Um, you know, it sounds rather soft, but it's the ability I allow them or give them is to share their wisdom and wealth so that they can amplify, you know, an entrepreneurial success and make what I call their cosmic ripple. As a leadership coach um, and trainer and a speaker, I focus on guiding people to help them realize their full potential um, through inspiration and education about a deeper style of emotional intelligence and social-emotional learning. Um, I help leaders industry, everyone from the C-suite to you know executive leadership and all the way to middle managers and frontline employees. Leadership's not only by title, but a place among peers, your community and family. I've written nine books. I have podcasts. I am regular, uh, regularly a guest on podcasts and public speaking and coaching. And that long history I have in the business community over a couple of decades um, with philanthropy in mind, uh, they've really informed my viewpoint and my leadership style. Um, it kind of makes me uncomfortable um, you know, uh, talking about myself in that way, but you know, at certain point in, in life, you've done some things. So I, I basically, I know what it's like to be on that call in the middle of the night or wake up wondering what you're going to do with the business or, you know, how to embrace that real great opportunity that just showed up and, you know, always worrying, you know, how do I not screw this <laughs> up? <laughs> So I know, I know what it's like, uh, you know, in the, yeah, well, I mean, it's clear that you have such an impressive background and, and wealth of experience in, in this field. And it's, it's really great to hear your personal story and, and how you can, uh, intertwine that into what you do in your day to day, um, helping folks. So, uh, Mike, so what changes do you currently see happening in the L and D space right now? I see there's a, there's a real want uh, to reach into the area of mm -hmm. mental health. You know, mental health, mental wellness is probably one of the primary focuses in uh, both business and personal life development over the course of, you know, from mid-COVID on, really, if you, if you think about pandemic influence. Um, it was something we were, that was coming to a head prior what I see as lacking is um, an evolution to, you know, to a new place. And that's where I go. So what I mean by that is 
traditional emotional, social, emotional learning, emotional intelligence, that work that we've done to help leaders um, has been focused on strategies and tactics. Often, you know, follow this, learn this, and you will be better, right? Improving your EQ. Uh, But we can't, we can be high EQ people who have gaps that we don't see coming, these instincts that prevent us or sabotage us, prevent us from reaching our potential, you know, always seem to rear their head, even when things are going great. You're like, what just happened? Mm -hmm. You know, those little gaps are gaps deeper within our psyche that are embedded instincts. And they're related to trauma. They're related to neuropsychology. They're a deeper piece of the discussion. And the biggest challenge is, is, you know, leaders who are in the L&D fields, training and coaching, have a hard time breaking that conversation open. You know, how do you talk to the CEO of the company about their potential gaps that are based on maybe their childhood mm-hmm. traumas? Um, how do you move them in that conversation um, to actual action and training? And then what the heck do I do about training? I'm not a psychologist. Most people aren't psychologists in, that, in those roles. And so, you know, you, do you put a psychologist in place? Well, no, because most people in there may not even need that type of or deep level of work. Um, so you need someone who's informed at all levels and more able to bridge the conversation at that, you know, what happens behind the scenes with the top dogs. And, uh, you know, the CEOs, the leaders, everybody who, you know, resides in those positions, um, they have a degree of confidentiality and perception of risk that most people don't. And you kind of need to be one of them or understand them. Yeah. And and it seems like today everything's all about AI and um, the push for that. And, you know, it's definitely affecting, you know, businesses all around, right? And how do you feel that has an impact on EQ? Well, I, I think we're ignoring we're ignoring some fundamental challenges. I'm, mm-hmm. AI, you know, I think, first of all, let me just say AI is one of the most wonderful tools you can possibly embrace. And those who are resisting it are going to be left yeah. in the dust. Um, imagine how you make 10 hours of work into one hour, mm-hmm. in fact, minutes. I think some of the challenges, the overwhelm that we're feeling because suddenly AI works so fast, what normally you would have budgeted months to do is done in a few minutes and then you have to deal with it. <laughs> so I, I think that might be overwhelming for some. In fact, um, some people's challenge that might be more psychologically embar- mm-hmm. embedded um, and likely probably from their childhood experiences um, was that they don't like mm-hmm. change and change gives them a lack of control. And that perceived lack of control that maybe AI or you know changing technologies always brings to you um, creates this um, anxiety and stress and may actually amplify um, micromanagement, for example, or overbearing management style. So leaders, you know, tend to their gaps, those internal sabotages tend to be revealed in times of transition. Um, and those create an opportunity for the leader then to address them and level up. You know, instead of looking at it as something that they shouldn't do or that is a negative or a fault, um, what we are able to do when we reveal these um, gaps, if you will, I like to call them gaps because it's simply that. It's mm-hmm. this one piece of the puzzle that you may be otherwise highly emotionally intelligent, and yet you still always falter in this one moment, this kind of default mode you're in. And that default piece 
if you just fix that, <laughs> you know, imagine the potential, right? It's the thing that subverts your success. And so that's the attention. The attention goes there to those small pieces that tend to thwart um, a, a leader's otherwise good intentions. And so, Mike, what exciting things are you up to next? Uh, it, you know, it's, it's really a continuation. Uh, in, in early 2023, we really kick-started uh, something called the Unlimited Worth Project. I mean, it was started in 2022, uh, but we really put some pieces together, added a charitable society to it. And the Unlimited Worth Project, Unlimited Worth Wellness Society, we have a podcast, I've written the book, um, and our uh, training and corporate training is really the biggest opportunity there because now we are able to reach into you know, the minds and the hearts and the boardrooms or locker rooms if it's sports and you know green rooms if it's entertainment into those rooms and work with people who can actually amplify the impact when they're well they can pass that on and create cultures of wellness as well as cultures of success and we recently did this webinar together on profound leadership through emotional awareness and can you share what the key takeaways were for our registrants at that event well i one of the there's a lot of people who expressed really positive um, feedback. Yet, mm -hmm. what I also heard was, "Boy, I didn't see that coming." <laughs> and and you know the unconventional approach of uh, what I call disarming the audience through sharing, and that is disclosure of my own personal journey. That particular piece, while um, it wasn't anticipated to be the you know, how things would go. Like people went into that thinking, well, I'm going to learn about these tactics and strategies, right? And then suddenly they're delving into a place that they're not usually going. And what's odd for them is it's comfortable. Yeah. And they're like, well, if that guy had those things, then my stuff might not be that challenging or maybe there's a path. And it really opened up, it kind of disarms, engages and opens up people's minds and attitudes so that they then can accept you know, what the clear steps and paths to resolution of those things, improvement, and maybe, maybe elevation of leadership, you know, can happen. Uh, so, you know, I think, I think there's a little bit of that, mm -hmm. you know, they're like, wow, this wasn't what I expected, but boy, that was interesting. And, you know, I really learned now that that stuff is connected because that's the biggest part of unlimited worth is to understand that there's stuff that we've lived through as we developed uh, from you know age zero to 25, if you will. And that stuff does stay with us. And if there's some negative pieces in there, um, they're the pieces that um, you know subvert our success. And so why not remove those and why not address those and understand that it is connected regardless of your age. And so bringing it to leaders, how do we get leaders who might need this training the most to come to the room to give it a, a moment, to give it some, some thought. Well, that is the challenge, isn't it? <laughs> it, it, it and there is a moment of understanding your room mm -hmm. and understanding where you, you fit. And, you know, if you were a young, say 34 year old male, uh, human resources professional, and you're walking into your 55 year old female CEO, who's hard charging type a, you know, running a big company with all kinds of concerns. And you're going to tell her that maybe there's a, a problem with her. 
<laughs> you know, I don't know if it's going to land, right? Uh, so how do you introduce these things? Well, you introduce it by the same way I do, which is disarming, which is, you know, creating a relatable uh, subject or counter, which is someone like me in the room, for example, in that incidence, I may be a relatable counter. And I'll be able to share, you know, not in a deprecating way, but in a, um, you know, a open, plain spoken disclosure way of some of the challenges that I've faced. If you're younger and you're not able to bring another person in the room, then what you do is you create an analogy of someone who has similar challenges and um, identified some things that actually work for them because they solve some of their kind of negative life experiences. And at the very least, that brings person to the, well, maybe there is something, maybe I could work on something. Mm -hmm. And if you position it in a way that it's all about elevating, all about improving, all about making one better so that the rest of the company, if you will, or the rest of their peer group or community or family are better, um, then it's an enhancer. Uh, versus there's something wrong with you. It's all you. And if you, if you were better, the company would be better. You know, that's just not the right approach. And so how could an HR professional teach this and bring this into their, their learning and development? Well, I don't, I don't believe if a person is an experienced professional in this area, has mm -hmm. uh, mileage in this area, um, that it's a simple, you can learn it quickly. Yeah. Uh, I, there's a part of it that's lived experience and that wisdom that comes with that lived experience and the knowledge gained from going through it um, would require someone who has been there. And someone who's been there may be someone like me who comes in and gives a, a workshop or training and, and gets that ball rolling and then clears a path. Um, it can be a psychologist or someone who's trained in these particular things. But again, that seems to be something that puts people's backs up. Yeah, we're going to bring a psychologist in <laughs> to have a conversation about uh, emotional intelligence and, you know, improving your business. <laughs> yeah. You know, people immediately are, are going to be putting their backs up. So, so you need to bridge that somehow in a way with someone who is an expert or skilled at having that plain spoken conversation that creates um, a safe, uh, in the case of, and there's a real interesting divide, a case of women there's a safe space. Um, and with men, it's a perceived risk-free space. And it's very unique as women often don't feel safe daily. And therefore, a safe space is the wording and the phrasing that makes them comfortable. And they're more apt to be part of that. And you create that and make that happen. With men, they rarely perceive safety as their biggest concern, but they always perceive risk. Mm -hmm. Risk professionally, personally, otherwise. And so if you enhance their positioning with a risk-free or low-risk scenario, they're more apt if they perceive that to be engaged. It's a unique thing that I've really uncovered over the last couple of years in terms of differentiation. My business mostly used to be high-powered CEO, entrepreneur, entertainment-level um, women. Um, it was about 65 70% before the pandemic. Mm -hmm. And the shift was to men. And there's a real difference in how people perceive what they call that space that is either safe or risk-free. That's extremely interesting. Just, just how you kind of, with the risk and the safe space, I feel like it makes, it makes total sense. And you know, how well, I, you used to, I used to talk, sorry to interrupt. Like oh, I no, used yes. to talk to men about safe space and it wouldn't land. Yeah. 
because men don't worry about the safe space. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because I was using that phrasing with the women in my life all the time. And what ended up happening is the men didn't perceive that as a problem. Mm-hmm. So they weren't even interested. But when you start talking about risk and low risk and risk free, it, it tends to grab men in a different way. And so that's just an interesting um, you know, difference. Yeah. And what about starting the conversation? Like, how do you bring this conversation up with the leadership team? Well, well, that's, you know, starting the conversation is, uh, you know, I think hmm, I'd say about a four point, five point kind of strategy. One is highlight the challenge and the challenge is never the challenge at the office or at work. <laughs> it's always a story, an analogy or a metaphor that is something that um, sounds very familiar that positions you, the HR pro or the other leader in the peer group on the same side of the table as the leader you're trying to move to this decision. Um, and then what ends up happening is by asking probing questions, as you've told a story that sounds you know, familiar to their circumstances, um, you ask probing questions, they'll come to a determination that there might be something that they can do in their own business to improve it. A, a leader is always thinking, how can I get better? How can I do better? How can I get more of my people, right? And so they're constantly thinking in the back of their mind, how can I do this? And when they're triggered to do that, they'll move. And, and so that will get them on the right side of the conversation to start with. And then the key is there and it's not passing judgment. Mm-hmm. Then we move people along, you know, we, we highlight a challenge. We kind of say, you know, if, if this company was going down that road, then this is the futility of it. You know, there's roadblocks, there's futility. And if we're able to navigate, imagine the possibilities, you know, and then you also highlight those that have done it wrong and you, you know, push the blame. Again, you're pushing this on to another entity saying, you know, that business maybe, you know, yeah, that we all agree that that didn't go well. Um, and it was due to certain things about that leader. And, and it's very easy then to bring up that conversation that maybe are there similarities in our business? And then the next and last step of that is, you know, show a path to what an ideal situation looks like and then how you can get there. And lastly, enlist help. You got to bring in other people because it's very, we're talking about some very personal things. We're talking about things that may change the dynamic within the office, um, within the peer group. And it always helps to have an objective outsider involved. And during the webinar event, you emphasized how emotional intelligence involves anthropology, biology, sociology, psychology, neuropsychology, <laughs> and even quantum <laughs> physics, all of these science terms. Can you talk a little bit more about what that means? Well, let's just remove emotional intelligence. We're talking about mental health. We're talking mm-hmm. about mental wellness. And we're talking about how we're wired, how our brains are wired and what that makes us do in life. And, you know, when we consider that, it's not simply saying, well, this neuropsychologist found that the, the dopamine that's moving around our head is the only answer, right? It's not cold bath your way or old ice immerse your way into success. Like there are some challenges and what happens is our brains are formed in a certain way throughout our lives. And for a very per- specific period of time from 12 weeks to 25 years old, um, we are uh, cognitive beings and we're constantly bringing in information from our environment that ensures our survival. So from a biologic 
anthropologic and sociologic way, we have to build communities and we have to build our lives and our physicality in a way that passes on our genes. And so, you know, that's embedded millions and millions of years into our cells and our DNA. But then we take the psychology approach and say, well, how do we undo some of these instincts that are wired to protect us? Because, you know, fighting off uh, a threat in the savannah or outside of your cave or in the forest is not a really good thing in the office. You know, I don't think coming to fisticuffs or fighting off or protecting or running, you know, down the hall away from what you perceive as a danger is a good thing. So how do we, how do we manage that in a modern society where not every day you're under constant threat for life? Mm -hmm. Right. And that's where the disconnect happens. And that's where the ability to go deeper and understand where these instincts are formed or how they were created that embedded wiring then converts to um, healing or therapy or, or, or treatment or, you know, understanding and what I call emotional awareness. Um, the quantum physics part is once you're aware, you know, well, the thing about quantum physics and entanglement is, you know, the idea is that two things you know, that are not even near each other, but could be in a different galaxy, can be having the exact same thing happen in an opposite way, but simultaneously, right? And what has happened in quantum physics is once you measure it, it seems to disappear. So what I'm saying is once you become aware, those connections seem to break apart. And that's what's amazing about that process of becoming aware of where those embedded instincts came from, once you get there and bring them to the surface, they disconnect from the emotion, they disconnect from that default mode, and suddenly they're no longer part of your life. It's truly amazing. Fascinating. And so, Mike, before I let you go today, can you let <laughs> listeners know where they can learn more about your work and connect with you? Who's letting who go, really? <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, LinkedIn. Uh, I'm, that's where my professional social media interface is, is LinkedIn. Um, LinkedIn.com, uh, grow, get, give, or Mike Skripnik. You can find me there. Follow me on Mike's, uh, Instagram, you know, Instagram, Mike Skripnik. Again, use my name, S-K-R-Y-P-N-E-K. However, the biggest picture that I would like everyone to focus on is Unlimited Worth, the Unlimited Worth Project, Unlimited Worth Wellness Society, and that is unlimitedworth.org. Find the podcast, the book, everything there. Great. Well, thank you so much for your time today, Mike. Oh, it's my pleasure, Sarah. I'm glad to be part of this and I'm glad to be part of HRDQ. And if you have yet to listen to the recording or watch the recording, make sure that you click the link in the description below where you can check that out. And you also find all of the information about Mike as well so that you can connect with him there. And we hope you enjoy listening to the HRDQU in review podcast available on all major streaming platforms. If you did enjoy today's episode, make sure to give us a follow and leave us a review. Thank you all for tuning into this week's episode of the HRDQU in review podcast brought to you by HRDQU.com.